We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Time to go outdoors. Steve Carney joins us. Steve Carney, outdoors.com. A lot of snow here in the southern part of the state. Twin Cities uh, Metro over into Wisconsin, the UP. Some areas seeing 20 inches. Uh, Steve, I would assume in your neck of the woods you didn't get any. Afternoon. I just missed Lakes Country by a hair. It was a close one, and boy, am I glad it missed us. We're, uh, we're still trying to make ice up here, and it's not happening very well. I'm out on... Uh, a small lake by Urbank, Minnesota right now. There's about four inches of ice and lots of slush, which is not a good thing. Um, but that's the way it is. It's walk out, basically, and, uh, you know, use caution. Um, but had a good day, though, Steve. It was a good morning. Did some uh, pheasant hunting down uh, south and did very well this morning and now back on the ice. So hopefully it's going to be a good uh, late evening bite here. The crappies should be coming in about this time so really nice day to be out actually yeah and it looks like it's going to be mild through midweek then we see a cool down by the end of the week and uh the the anglers might get their wish we finally might get into a stretch where it stays cold for an extended period and we can get some ice yeah it's too bad you guys got the snow through the cities and south because you know the ice conditions down there aren't much better and you really don't want a lot of snow on top of three or four inches of ice that's really a bad combination but hopefully you know this warm spell is brief and um i heard there's some snow coming in the middle part of this next week i hope that doesn't happen so we kind of all have our fingers crossed we just don't know where this season's going to go if it's going to be, you know, slush and bad ice, or if we get a break and, you know, get some really good cold temperatures to lock things up, nobody really knows. It's just uh, we're all in, in kind of flex right now. We don't know. Yeah, and once again, there is uh, that that give and take because everyone knows the early season bite is generally the best. So folks are chomping at the bit to get out there and take advantage of it. What's the approach, Steve? What do you advise anglers going out on the ice? Where should they be? Where are they going to find fish? You know, Steve, it's all about getting to where you can go, not where you want to go. Um, I was chasing walleyes earlier this week, and I can't get to my spots in the middle part of these lakes. I just don't dare, you know, go out there. But I'm catching them along the shoreline breaks, and, they're very shoreline oriented right now and about eight to a 14 feet. And this will happen for maybe 10 days or so. And then they start moving out. But right now it's a matter of getting to at least a place you can fish, not where you want to fish. And hopefully that'll change in the next 10 days or two weeks. But right now it's strictly a walking situation. It's a shoreline situation. 
And it's going to be that way for a while, but the fishing is really good. It's just you don't take any chances and walk out any farther than you have to because, you know, a lot of this ice is three inches, four inches, and then you have eight over here and nine over there, and then you're back with two over here. And it's just that way statewide. So, yeah, you really got to pay attention. All right, one other thing I wanted to bring up, still time uh, to go out and try and bag a pheasant. Yeah, it was really good this morning, Steve. Um, I was down south of I-94 and just working, you know, cattail swamps, and these birds are, are locked up together. When you when you jump them, there's always more than one. You know, you might walk a while, maybe an hour until you hit them, but they're bunched up and they're in the thickest, nastiest, lowest stuff you can find, and especially if you can find some soybeans. This morning we had a soybean field very close to this cover and they were all along where the food is, which is very typical. And you can tell by the tracks when you get into these areas, if there's no tracks, you just leave and you go somewhere else. But if there's good tracks, then you stay on them because right now they're all relating to the food just like the deer are. So any kind of cover next to any kind of stubble uh, is really prime right now. And um, pretty impressed with the bird numbers. It's really been good this year. The ducks you know, have been horrible, as we talked about, but the best thing has been really quite good. Steve Carney joining us. Steve Carney outdoors. All right, Steve, what do you got planned for the coming week? I know you're out on the water right now. Uh, What are you looking forward to in the coming week? I don't know, Steve. I think I'm going to be stuck fishing my usual stuff this past week because I don't see a lot of change in the ice, but I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. It's going to get better, but I'm going to just stick to the shoreline stuff, crappies and walleyes, and do what I can until we get better ice conditions and I wouldn't even think of taking a four-wheeler or a snowmobile out anywhere quite yet. Uh, Red Lake, yeah, that's fine, but Mille Lacs, it's not. Leech, they're just starting to get out. So it's we're still a ways away, so people need to be, you know, very cautious. It, it's just going to be one of these weird ice years, period. All right, Steve, well, always good to visit with you. We'll do it again in one week. Sounds great, Steve. I'll have a great rest of the weekend. All right, there he is, Steve Carney, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. He's been joining us for years here on the weekends. And uh, Saturdays, Sundays, sports schedules permitting as of late, Saturdays at 410, following the news and the weather. The annual Army-Navy football game underway in New Jersey. They're playing at MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands today. That would be an Army home game. West Point, New York, uh, just up the Hudson River. And... uh, We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. As a matter of fact, we'll check the football scores. FCS playoffs continue today, and uh, we'll have an Army-Navy score. We'll check the NBA, the NHL, the Wild in action tonight. Uh, the Timberwolves had a rough week, getting beat by Atlanta, Utah, and Cleveland at home this week. They strike out on the road. You heard the news with Mark Fry that uh, they will be in Portland on Sunday night. Our pregame show at 730 the tip just after 8 o'clock, so an abbreviated Steel Talk and with Geraldine Steele this Sunday night. And then they'll be in Denver on Wednesday before returning home next Friday night to take on the L.A. Lakers. That's at 9 o'clock start central time. And <laughs> that, that's raised some eyebrows. But it is a Friday night. Uh, and, and if you have tickets and you have uh, kids, uh, it's not a school night. No big deal. The kids will be into it. By the way, Navy leading Army 14-13 early in the third in the Meadowlands. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll come back with some more sports headlines in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O.
Now midway through the third, the Meadowlands Navy leading Army 14-13. I, I love this game for one reason. The tradition of the game uh, goes without saying. Uh, Army-Navy and the fact that they get the spotlight to themselves this weekend. The college football conference championship games are in the rearview mirror. Um, definitely good stuff. Uh, once again, a great crowd, too, at MetLife for Navy leading Army 14-13. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, FCS uh, playoffs uh, underway, and we'll get a scoreboard update on that as well uh, with the uh, NCAA uh, playoffs there. And then, of course, uh, the D2 playoffs uh, and the D3 playoffs continue as well. And and we all know that in big-time college football, the bowl games are set. The college football playoff is set with Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati. You know, I will say this, that – um, Cincinnati got in, but this is a fly in the ointment. When it's only a four-team playoff, I just don't know how pretty much every year the the Pac-12 is generally eliminated and, and the Big 12. Um, their conferences have balance. But is Cincinnati's season more impressive than, say, a team that, like Baylor, that won the Big 12, or Utah that won the Pac-12. Well, well, well sure, they, they don't have as many losses, but overall, as the schedule is tough. That's the fly in the ointment it always has when they had the, the two-team playoff and then they expanded to four. You have to have representation from major conference champions and then have at-large bids. So there are conferences like Cincinnati, where they get a bid as well. I'm not saying they're not deserving. I'm just saying at the expense of the Big 12 or the Pac-12, where there's this decision, or for that matter, the ACC. So the SEC in this format has almost automatically become a two-team league. And everyone would consider them to be the creme de la creme of the major college football leagues. Uh, You generally get the Big Ten champion. Typically, it's been Ohio State. But for the most part, um, it's the SEC. It's been Clemson getting the automatic bid. ACC didn't get anybody in. So for these conferences and and these presidents to to go along with this four-team system is preposterous. They should all demand a conference championship, and then you have a committee decide on three at large. In my opinion, it's better at 12, because then that way you get your four top teams that get buys in the first round. You get eight teams into a playoff. Um, And as far as the bowl system, the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix, I I know there's some people that are excited to get on a plane and go to Phoenix and see a bowl game at Chase Field involving the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But don't count me as one of them. Um, It is one more game. They get to practice. Uh, The players get a a goodie bag uh, for for their trouble. But 
having an 8-team or a 12-team college football playoff is a lot more meaningful. And I just don't think you can um, uh, eliminate, in my opinion, all these conferences just about every year. Sure, the ACC was down because they didn't have a a dominant Clemson team. Um, The Pac-12. Maybe that football out west isn't what it once was, but they're still quality football teams and and should be a part of the proceedings. All right, uh, let's let's get over to FCS. Um, that, of course, been dominated by North Dakota State. North Dakota State does win today 27-3. to They're the number two seed. And uh, no problem in, in this one beating ETSU. So... North Dakota State advances 27-3, to the final there. Uh, South Dakota State, they beat Villanova 35-21 to in the FCS quarterfinals. Uh, one game to go, Montana State against Sam Houston. And then, of course, the game on Friday, James Madison beat Montana 28-6. to So there you go, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, James Madison, all advance in the MCS playoffs. Uh, let's uh, jump over to D2, see where D2's at. Bemidji State made it to round number two. Uh, Ferris State beat Shepard 35 to, or lead Shepard 35 to 7. Ferris State went on their way that game in the third quarter. And uh, one final, it was Valdosta State beating Colorado School of Mines 34 to 31, so they're getting ready for their championship game. And then uh, real quickly, let's jump over to D3 uh, right now and uh, see what's going on in Division 3 and their playoff. And for whatever reason, we can't uh, get that going. So we'll take a pause and uh, wait on that. Let's, let's jump over to the NBA. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves last night, um, just a dreadful performance against Cleveland. Um, I was on for Henry Lake last night on the call-in show, and I was particularly harsh. And at some point in time, in, in Carl Anthony Towns' post game, there were a lot of quotes on Twitter. There was some audio. Mark, Mark Fry at our newest had some audio today from Carl Anthony Towns. And it, it's absolutely right. And that's what I've been saying about this team. They, they get a little bit of success, and I don't know if they start patting themselves on the back or think that they've arrived or uh, they, they've now reached the pinnacle. Um, well, they haven't. They, they haven't arrived at all. And it ultimately starts with Kyle Earl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Now, he has been out of the lineup with an ankle injury, and they missed him. But... The, the most troubling part of it is, particularly in a Friday night game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, the proper effort wasn't put forth. I, I just don't think anybody can see their performance from start to finish in that game. They were blown off the floor by the way it looks an above-average Cleveland team. They're not going to win the NBA title this year. They'll probably be a playoff team in the Eastern Conference, but they're not a great team, and they were absolutely blowing out the Timberwolves from start to finish last night. Now, the final score isn't indicative 
of, of how bad it was. 123 to 106. The Cleveland starters shot 71% from the field last night. They, they ran Minnesota out of their own building on a Friday night. And that's just a sad statement. And that's not Chris Finch. That's the players. That's leadership. In my opinion, that starts with Carl Anthony Towns. And yes, I'm ripping Carl Anthony Towns today. At some point in time, is he a max player? Is he a superstar? Is he one of the best players in the NBA? But he's got to do more night in and night out to put this team on his back and demand more than what we saw on Friday night against Cleveland. Now, granted, Atlanta, legit good team in the East. Utah, a legit good team in the West. Cleveland, off to a good start. Well, they have Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love. They weren't even in the starting lineup last night for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have a good, solid club. And and we've heard all of this about Anthony Edwards and Malik Beasley, and they have a veteran in Patrick Beverly. Sure, they're, they're not the biggest team. They do have some size constraints. I don't think there's any question about it. But this team needs more out of Carl Anthony Towns night in and night out. The one thing you can say, and the gold standard is Kevin Garnett. Would Kevin Garnett have stood for the performance last night for the Minnesota Timberwolves as a player? No, he wouldn't have. Kevin Garnett, one of the all-time greats, headed for the Hall of Fame. And, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again about the Minnesota Timberwolves. You can at least play hard. And there are stretches where this team just doesn't. They're, they're going through the motions out there. They're not attempting to guard anybody. You do not need to be the most talented player in the NBA to attempt to play defense, to guard someone. Opposing teams shooting 71%, it's, it's just unacceptable. Uh, in the NBA, uh, matinee today, our Orlando and the L.A. Clippers in a good one. Clip lead it with four to go in the game, 93-92. Tonight, the Jazz in D.C. to play the Wizards. Uh, the Kings are in Cleveland to play the Cavaliers. Uh, the Bulls visit Miami to play Jimmy Butler in the Heat. Uh, the Houston Rockets were starting to play a little better in Memphis to play the Grizz. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are in Philly to play the 76ers. And the Denver Nuggets are in San Antonio to play the Spurs. That's what's going on in the association. Let's get you up to date uh, real quickly on what's going on in the NHL. We told you already about the Wild and the Kings in L.A. tonight. That'll be a 9.30 start our time. And thanks again to Sarah McClellan uh, for joining us. Uh, All the games tonight in the NHL, uh, Canadians and Blues from St. Louis. Uh, The Capitals and Sabres go at it in Buffalo. Uh, Toronto will host the Chicago Blackhawks. Love those original six meetings. The Anaheim Ducks are in Pittsburgh to play the Penguins. Uh, The New Jersey Devils make the short trip to Long Island to play the New York Islanders. The the travel for the Eastern Conference teams is, (laughs) I mean, seriously. These, These people probably drive their cars from where they live in New Jersey over to Long Island for the game with the Islanders. Uh, Philly, the trip out to Arizona to play the Coyotes. 
uh, Columbus in Seattle to play the Kraken. Boston in Calgary to play the Flames. The Hurricanes and Oilers go at it in Edmonton. We already talked, Wild and Kings. And the Stars are in San Jose to play the Sharks. Uh, One final in the NHL today. Ottawa beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-0 today in Ottawa. So you're up to date on some of the scores. It is 4.30 here at News Talk, 830-WCCO. Navy is still leading Army 14-13, the marquee college football game of the day. Late third quarter in the Meadowlands. We'll continue to keep an eye on that one. D3 football playoffs. I had my scoreboard freeze up. Uh, here is the very latest semifinal action today. Number one, Norris Central of Illinois beat number four, Mount Union, 26-13. to They're on the way to the Stag Bowl. Meanwhile, Mary Harden-Baylor leading UW-Whitewater 17-7 to midway through the third quarter. St. John's bounced in round number two by Linfield of Oregon. Bethel bounced out in round number one. So there it is. Norris Central beat Mount Union. Mary Harden-Baylor up on UW-Whitewater in the D3 uh, football playoffs. Uh, MLB in a lockout right now. Bob Nightingale joins us. From USA Today, uh, he is an Odyssey MLB Radio Insider, and of course the audio, Odyssey app is free. I invite you to download it on your device. Bob, always good to visit with you. How you been? Yeah, doing well. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, Bob, good to talk to you. Uh, the lockout underway. Uh, Bob, how optimistic are you that a deal will get done at some point before pitchers and catchers report? Uh, semi-optimistic. You know, I... Before the uh, union meetings, I was more optimistic. Now I think it could go either way. Uh, I don't think there's any way they'll disrupt the regular season. We'll see. I, I think it'll get done before February 1st, but I'm, the, uh, I'm on the optimistic side. Yeah, it, you know, there, there's some people that come down on both sides of it because the, the financial structure of the game, as far as the players are concerned, is out of whack that you're not seeing the, as, as many big free agent deals for the older players. Metrics has said that you get beyond 30 years old, that production goes down. So now the goal is to get these younger players paid, and it sounds like the owners might dig in on some of those proposals. Well, yeah. I mean, the union wants to be pay, you know, paid like the NBA players are paid at a young age. I mean, when guys are 20 or 30, they're not, you know, people get reluctant as far as getting the big salary. Uh, they like to get raised the minimum. Right now it's five seventy. I think the union would like to be close to a, a million dollar uh, minimum. So you know, a big uh, one of the you know the big complaints is just the young players, the middle uh, class players aren't getting paid. Like, you know, like the big time players are. Yeah. Now, Bob, do you, do you think that the, the the players have spelled out or drawn a line in the sand, or is there some flexibility in all of this? Um, what do you think the players ultimately want? Well, there's a lot of flexibility on both sides. I think the players will love to see, say, okay, how about 29 and a half years uh, of age or five years of service time, you know, that sort of thing. You know, the owners are saying, okay, how about six years of service time or 29 and a half? Uh, arbitration, uh, how about if you make the all-star team or something like that, uh, you know, and some awards, you know, gold glove. Uh, a war score that you can get get to arbitration eligibility quicker, you know, than you would normally. So I think this is all about and the, comp- the competitive balance 
to make sure that every team is trying to win. Yeah, do, do you think the DH is in play? This hasn't been talked about. It's been a lot about the money. Do, do you think uh, universal DH is in play in this collective bargaining agreement? No, it absolutely is. I mean, both sides want that. So that's no issue at all. Uh, I'd be completely shocked, Steve, if we don't have a universal DH in uh, you know 2022. What about the size of the rosters? It's grown to 26. Could you see growth in the major league roster beyond that? I don't see it. I really don't. I mean, you just you just grew to 26. I don't yep. see them adding another player. Uh, you know, if they want to enter, you know, so got three extra players in September. But I don't see the extra player right now. I don't. A um, couple other things uh, right now: player signings. Uh, aren't happening. The business of the game isn't going on. There was a flurry before uh, Byron Buxton got done. Um, I would assume there will be a mad rush, particularly for pitching, as soon as there's a deal. Yeah, we saw about $2 million worth of salaries you know, right before the deadline here. And you're right, Steve. I mean, once the, uh, the lockout ends, you know, teams will you know, probably have less than a month or you know, two, three weeks to sign guys. You know, not that guys can't find guys in uh, in spring training, but yeah, there will there will be a mad rush because you're talking about you know, still about 200 free agents out there. Yeah, uh, and uh, the, the, there are clubs like the Minnesota Twins that have a lot to do on the pitching front. They they've got to be in the market, um, but uh, pitching always a premium in the game. Bullpen help certainly. A premium. One other thing I wanted to get into, Bob, is is the Hall of Fame ballot. A lot of people talking about it. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, big names on the ballot. Their final year of eligibility on the main ballot. Um, do they have enough to get to seventy five percent? I think they're going to fall short. I mean, only around sixty percent right now. I think it's going to be uh, too big to overcome. My line of demarcation, Steve, is if you got suspended or penalized for uh, PEDs, then I don't think you should get in. So you're, tra- you're talking about Alex Rodriguez or Mayor Ramirez. I don't think they deserve to get in. There was a, there was a, uh, a drug testing policy. There was no drug testing policy with, you know, with the uh, Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens or Sammy Sosa, you know, Gary Sheffield, on and on and on. Uh, yeah, but, but the other guys there was. So, you know, I vote for those guys. I won't vote for won't vote for A-Rod or Mayor Ramirez, but I'll, I'll certainly vote for, you know, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens like I have every year. Yeah, you, you look at their numbers so overwhelming, and this has been the story about Barry Bonds, that, that Barry Bonds was a Hall of Fame talent well b- before the whole steroid thing. And, and in some ways, Barry Bonds probably didn't do himself any favors on how he handled himself through some of that controversy. But you know, his, his talent, or Roger Clemens and the numbers he put up, you know, it, it's it's pretty overwhelming. I mean, you, you look at their numbers in baseball reference, and it stands out. Yeah, I mean, you can argue outside Babe Ruth that Barry Bonds, the greatest players ever played the game. Uh, Roger Clemens, one of the greatest right-handed pitchers, power pitchers, has ever uh, played the game. So, ab- absolutely. Yeah, I don't care what, you know, what they did beforehand or after and people guessing. Hey, you know, I vote for the Hall of Fame. We voted for at least five or six blatant steroid guys in the Hall of Fame since 2015. It's a joke. So if we're going to put guys in the Hall of Fame that use steroids, why in the world are we keeping out the the, the two greatest guys in the steroid era? 
That makes yeah. no sense to me. Um, a couple other things on the ballot. Uh, Kurt Schilling came close. Um, th- does Kurt Schilling get there? I think he misses out. I think it's going to be close again. You know, I'm going to vote for him. Uh, you know, people get upset for his views, political views. But, yep. you know, he's retired from baseball. He wasn't doing this stuff while he played, and we're voting for him as a player. Uh, not what he did afterwards. But I, I, I do think he falls short. Red Sox legend David Ortiz on the ballot. Your thoughts on Ortiz? I'm voting for Ortiz. I know people, you know, they had the uh, anonymous drug test, the plunked drug test, but it was supposed to be anonymous. Uh, there are 400, 500 guys that, 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 that were uh, using stuff or could have plunked the drugs test. So I'll vote for Ortiz, but I think it's going to fall short too, Steve. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get to the veterans ballot because I know that this really stands out for people in these parts. The Golden Days Eric Committee, Gil Hodges, Jim Cott, Minnie Minos, so Tony Oliva. Um, Tony Oliva uh, gets a call to the hall. Um, when healthy, Tony Oliva was as good a pure hitter as there was in the game. Yeah, I mean, all these guys that got in, you know, they're, you know they weren't on the writer's ballot. It doesn't hurt anybody to have these guys in. Um, you know, people are questioning about, you know, more Gil Hodges. I think, remember uh, Dick Allen in 2014, he was more shocked that, you know, Tony Leva wasn't in than he wasn't in. So that that was a big surprise to him. So, no, great for the Leva family and everything else. Uh, you know, Hodges had a wonderful career. You know, Jim Cott, what, 283, 25 wins. It's like, how can you get not get in with that, you know, with those credentials? You know, Minnie Minosa, the, you know, the, he was kind of like the grandfather of the land players to finally get in. So, no, it should be a uh, – I don't think any current player or uh, on the uh, BBWA uh, ballot will get in, but it's cool that the, these six guys are getting in. Yeah, and, you know, you think about guys, Tony Oliva, in his career uh, in the 60s, uh, into the 70s, the batting titles, but a great ambassador – for the game, and you could say the thing, same thing about Kitty. You brought up the 283 victories, 237 losses. This guy had over 500 decisions in the major leagues and won 16 consecutive Gold Gloves. The the only pitcher to eclipse that was, you know, Greg Maddox. He's in the Hall of Fame and rightfully so. But you know, Jim Cott, and then a, a tremendous broadcasting career, and he still works some Twins games with Dick Bramer. I mean, Jim Cott and Tony Oliva, still a big part of the game long after their playing careers. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, Tony's, you know, Tony doesn't get the national recognition as Jim Cott. He's in on national TV sort of thing. But everybody comes through Minnesota, you know, sees him. He's so active uh, at every home game. So, you know, wonderful to see him, the family in. You know, Jim Cott, you know, on the uh, MLB network and di- different networks, things like that. Uh, just a great ambassador for the sport. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure when we're ever going to see a 300-game winner. So when you look at 283 win for Jim Cott, you're thinking, oh, my God, how was this guy not in before? You know, uh, to, you know, totally a different story. But, you know, but, but Cott's, you know, just his uh, record for, uh, for pitchers is astounding. Yeah, I, I just I can't get over when I when I when I took a deeper dive and you know I've, I've been a Jim Cott fan uh, you know ever since I was a kid and then just admired his broadcasting and, and what he did all the time in the Yankees booth and 
Um, like I say on the national telecast, but 283 victories, 237 decisions. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll never see a pitcher again with 500 decisions in the major leagues. That in itself is extraordinary. Oh, absolutely. I, I remember being at the Hall of Fame when Greg Maddox got in. They, they had like a roundtable type thing, uh, Steve, the day before. And yeah. someone said uh, that Greg Maddox, uh, do you believe that wins are uh, overrated? You know, not a good stat. And he lowered his glasses and says, you got to be kidding me. They mean everything. Every starting pitcher wanted to, you know, win next to his name. Uh, and and for, for Jim Cott to get 283 wins is mind-boggling. I don't know when anybody else is going to do that again. So, yeah, just a class act, too. I mean, you know, obviously Tony as well. But, yeah, Jim Cott is uh, you know, cool to see him back in. Yeah, and uh, he, he did select and telecast with Dick Bramer. Uh, this summer on Bally Sports North, Twins games, and and he's still terrific. Um, you know, he he's just absolutely outstanding as an analyst of the game. So a lot of fun. Well, hey Bob, good to visit with you as always. Uh, appreciate your work in USA Today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Happy holidays. All right. Yeah, happy holidays. There he is, Bob Nightingale, USA Today sports major league baseball columnist and an odyssey. MLB Radio Insider. Get that Odyssey app. It's absolutely free. So much content. Make WCCO Radio your favorite. Take advantage of the Rewind feature. Catch all the great guests we've had on the program today. Miss Tech Talk? No problem. The Odyssey app's got you covered. Mike Hansen, Director of the Office of Traffic Safety with the Minnesota Department of Public Safety. Sarah McClellan from the Star Tribune. Meliz Havolk, Head Coach uh, Number one Andover girls hockey, Steve Carney took us outdoors, and our chat a moment ago with Bob Nightingale, all available on the Odyssey app. Twelve minutes now in front of five o'clock here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. How about some of those snow totals around the metro area? I was in for Henry Lake last night, and in this job, and filling in for Mike Max on occasion, and Henry Lake on occasion, and sitting in here on a sports Saturday, I keep an eye on the scoreboard. In the fall, we have the football scoreboard. And during the Major League season, keep an eye on the Major League scoreboard, etc. Uh, high school football scores, whatever. But the snow totals that were piling up here in the Twin Cities area, just absolutely incredible to watch. And we we're getting reports that, when the snow started, there were parts of the south and southeast metro that were getting snow up to two inches an hour, and it piled up. And then I, I was just mesmerized by the data the Weather Service was providing. And by the way, Bill Borgoff joined us after 11 o'clock to kind of give us a lay of the land and when the snow was going to move out. But you zoom in on the snowfall reports from the weather service. And it is absolutely incredible. But the cutoff is pretty dramatic. You know, maybe four or five inches in the northern suburbs. And then as you get closer to the heart of the Twin Cities, you see eight, ten inches. But east, just east of downtown St. Paul, 21 inches. 20 inches out in Woodbury couple of spots in Woodbury reporting 20. 
Lakeville 19, Invergrove 18.9, Bloomington 18.5, uh, Roberts, Wisconsin 18, Rosemont 18, Egan 18. It goes on and on and on. And we will talk more about that big snow event and how it far exceeded expectations here in parts of the metro area. The conventional wisdom was 4 to 8, and then parts of southern Minnesota, save from Mankato, over toward the river and into Wisconsin. Maybe a foot or a little more. Well, it certainly piled up much more than that. But uh, and, and as you get down to the Rochester area, uh, some of the uh, snow totals are quite a bit less. Uh, Rochester proper, 9 inches, 10 inches over toward Wisconsin. And then as you get down to the border, quite a bit less. So it looks like the old storm track uh, moved it much closer to the Twin Cities. But as I say, here in the North Metro, not a lot. It was a pretty easy cleanup this morning. And a big thanks to the neighbor who uh, came over with the big John Deere and the big snow thrower attachment on the front. I, I still had work to do. I still had to get out my snow thrower and the shovel and get cleanup done, but he did the bulk of the work, including the heavy stuff at the end of the driveway. And this was a heavy, wet snowfall. So uh, hopefully everybody's cleaned up by now. And I said it earlier, but a tip of the cap to the crews uh, from MnDOT, uh, the county crews, uh, the city crews, and then all the private contractors that clean up the parking lots and the sidewalks, uh, schools and businesses, et cetera. They, they just did an absolutely uh, phenomenal job, and it helps to get the sun on it, and we'll get more sun on it tomorrow. We have all the news and weather coming up at 5 o'clock. We still have a ton on the way here on this Saturday afternoon at News Talk 830-WCCO. Good friend of mine, Kevin Lynch. I've known him for years. Once upon a time, I was lucky enough to do Golden Gopher men's basketball games for parts of three seasons, uh, filling in for Dave Lee. A couple of those years, Dave Lee did the home games. I did the road games. And I was able to work with Kevin Lynch. And it was just the absolute highlight of my broadcasting career. And when Learfield took over the rights, they didn't want any part of me. And they hired a good guy in Mike Grimm. But uh, that that was the end of my Golden Gopher broadcasting career. But it sure was a lot of fun while it lasted. So I'm going to talk uh, with Kevin Lynch, former Golden Gopher great, now Bally Sports North Timberwolves analyst, and the Timberwolves are in a rough stretch. They've dropped five in a row. Three poor performances at home this week, including a real clunker on Friday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then uh, meteorologist Paul Douglas is going to join us. Uh, he of Paul and Jordana fame, you hear them Monday through Friday between 3 and 6. By the way, Paul's getting up early this week to do the morning news here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. But uh, Paul's going to take a little time out, and we're going to start with those devastating tornadoes. Uh, More than 100 feared dead in this massive tornado outbreak associated with this storm system that moved across the country. It dumped heavy snow on parts of the metro area, but uh, some scary tornadoes overnight 
and a lot of death and destruction. So we'll get to Paul's thoughts on that coming up at about 535 here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. By the way, Carrie Klatt is our producer. Uh, she's keeping the show out of the ditch in studio today here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Once again, the sun headed down uh, here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul. We have all the news, all the weather at 5. Here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 